you are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, the pro wrestling podcast for people who go outside. And we are going to need a lot of go outside type folks to be listening to this one this week. Because a lot of people who don't go outside had their feelings hurt very badly this past week. It happened. We talked about it here, why it was logical, why these things could happen. And it did. Um, we got a lot of reaction. CM Punk, the return. CM Punk, that first segment he had on Monday Night Raw, had a lot of discussion. Um, I want to start off with a couple of things. And I know, and I know we're, we're, we might be on separate sides. I want to be clear right now. There's nothing but ultimate love and respect between myself and True here. For sure. But, but respectful discourse is, is a good thing. Uh, it's a healthy thing. So, I think we were a little bit on the opposite sides of how we felt about that CM Punk promo on Monday. But personally, I think that a lot of people's reaction was colored by the fact that they had to wait through three hours of a boring-ass Raw to get to it. I think if Punk would have went out there and said what he had said in the way that he said it to kick off the show at the 8-9 to nine bridge, at the 9-10 to 10 bridge, I don't think people would have been so dissatisfied with it. Um, you know, a lot of people had an issue with the, the home calling it, I'm home, uh, thing. Honestly, man, I don't know. I, I really don't know why that, that, that shocked people so much. Like, yeah, he said what he said 10 years ago. Yeah. It's been 10 years and in the heat of the moment or freshly off of things. You say, and I was I was going over it in my head this week. I said, this is good a good comparison to make because I was gonna say, you know, uh, you know, when you freshly break up with someone, mm. you have a lot of nasty, mean things to say about them, or or a lot of things that felt like a real a real uh, personal injury at the time. But I don't mm. know if some of the people who were hating on punk would know what that's like because that would require having a relationship and breaking up with someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought <laughs> I, I, I knew that's where you were going, but it was funny. It's just funny, like hearing you actually go that way. It's true. Though. I thought it was fine. Everybody who was good delivery. Uh everybody who I, I just don't know. I don't know what realistically people expected out of that promo. Is I guess where I'm where I'm ultimately going here it's like just i don't know what people expected him to say different or if they expected him to, him to go out to, yeah i wanted him to get on mic and say fuck a because that's how i was feeling but so there's several there's there's several metaphors there's several things i'm going to go through in this episode and that's another one of them too like the ultimate insult is just to not even acknowledge that they exist man Oh no! It's man. just I, another. I, it's just another example of the difference. Like AEW continually cannot keep the WWE's name out of their mouth, while the other way, they were focused on what we're doing, but we're focused on what we got going up here. So he's not going to acknowledge it. There's, he's just going to move on. Um. I'm, I'm Which is better. It's really good that TK... Yeah, go ahead. I want to jump in because this has, this has nothing to do with 
with Punk's promo exactly, but what it it it, it, it really does, I guess, does kind of coincide with that. But the one thing I want to say is what people don't seem to realize about AW, and I and I I don't mean this in like a malicious way either. It's just that a lot of the people in AEW have uh, like a syndrome of sorts. And when I say that, you know, a lot of them don't stop and think about like, this doesn't matter, right? Like this doesn't matter. So I'm not going to give energy to it. You know, a lot of wrestlers will enter your DMs. A lot of people that work for the company will enter your DMs to complain about stuff that has nothing to do with anything. So when I see a punk go out there and say whatever he's saying, I start to think about like, yo, like these people don't actually think about the fact that like, like none of this matters is what it is, right? None of this matters. So everything that has been said by, uh, you know, by Punk or by anybody else is quote unquote anti-AEW. I don't think it hurts anything. I don't think it's it's bothersome. It shouldn't be bothersome at all. And I think that's the problem. You run into a lot of people uh, and people who work in AW that will be bothered very much so by just anything that's not completely positive about the company. And I think a lot of people were expecting Punk to take a shot or two. I was I was not expecting it. And I think I said this too. Um, when people were like, oh, he's he's going to, you know, AW rush to say nice things about the company. Like they sent out this, you know, company wide memo about, hey, guys, randomly say something nice about the company, please. But when you say that they that they, they were asked to do that, obviously, they're going to be like, no, we weren't. No, we, 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 we weren't. And I, I and I was told that people weren't. But I don't know if I believe that entirely. But whatever. I don't I don't I don't know why automatically it has to be a mandate like you know like like we said like i said to you in dms and i don't want this to come off too like brutally fucking negative but like any opportunity that there is to kiss ass and show your loyalty like people are gonna take it you know uh or it could it could purely be like purely like hey a company that i love is same thing we've been over this right Multiple yeah. things can be true at once. A company that the same thing when the Lufisto thing happened. A company that I love is a little bit under siege right now. They're taking some shots. I'm gonna step up and just remind everybody about the good things about the company from my perspective. It doesn't have to be mandated. All you have to do is just take a look around, look at the internet, look at what's what what's hot right now. You're gonna be compelled to do that. So I believe that I didn't believe that there was some some company mandate. Um, I believe some of those people did that so that they could be ass kissers in an opportunistic situation. Uh, and I believe some people did it because they truly were like, "Hey, my company's taking some some shots right now. Um, let me remind everybody from my perspective why it's fucking great." Well, so you I mean, personally, I saw you saying that promo fucking sucked. To me, it did, yeah. It's like just because I, I I thought what it was is it was almost like a like a reboot 
of his first dance promo, but in a WWE uh, way. And that's why it sucked to me because I was like, I wasn't expecting Punk to give anything like a pipe bomb or anything like that. I was expecting a little more, um, I don't want to say it this way, but like more meat and potatoes, more meat and potatoes in the promo. I felt like, because for one, we found out that it was a little rushed anyway, right? Because the time was cut. So I feel like we didn't get a chance to really get into like, hey man, this is, you know, this is Punk's reasoning for coming back. This is why he's here. Also, here's who he wants to go against. Here's this and that. And, you know, run off some talent names or or, or talk about his goal for, you know, maybe he wants to enter himself in the Royal Rumble. Maybe he wants to go after the World Heavyweight Championship. I think when you have a promo like that that you you held out the whole entire show, I just feel like you have to have something to have people say, I'm going to tune in next week to see what happens. Yeah, if you're going to hold the promo part, today. Yeah. And so nothing. And I was like, man, that sucks because I'm not watching Raw three hours again. <laughs> so like, I'm not doing that shit again. So, yeah, no. And so that's why it was like, at least make it feel like it was worth the wait. And like, it wasn't a, it's not a horrible promo. Like, it's punk, punk, you know, he, he knows how to talk. I, I, I cringed a little bit when he was doing the I'm home thing. But then you think about it, you know, uh, Punk had a couple years in Ring of Honor. He had um, some, you know, some time in like IWA Mid-South and, you know, a very brief time in TNA. But he yeah, spent let, literally. Let's, let's talk about it. Yes. Let's let's be a little bit realistic here. Like people are like, oh, but. OK, so back then when Punk got into WWE, that was the ultimate goal. He was in the WWE for damn near 10 years. He was the world champion for over a year. Yeah. So what what else is he supposed to call it other than that? Like, I don't. <laughs> and and I'll say this, too. And because, you know, I got my own little gimmick, you know, uh, I thought I throw my own gimmick out there sometimes. And, you know, anti-establishment true is, is, is it's not really a gimmick. It's clear. But. I definitely was like, oh, home, you know, this corporate place, whatever, whatever. You know, they just laid off a bunch of people right around Christmas, um, which sucks, by the way. But at the end of the day, I just felt like I sat, like you said, I sat through three hours of this dog shit. Yeah, that that was tough. That was tough. Give man. me some, I just like, punk, just give me some fire behind your words. You don't even have to go off with it, but I just want some fire behind it. He was just, it was just like, they just felt like a soulless promo in the sense that Punk, when he talks and when he's invested, which yeah. I'll be honest, I don't know how invested he is yet. Because I'll be clear, I don't think like the first couple weeks when he was on Collision, he was he's Punk, so it's good. But I was like, man, Punk ain't his heart not really in. Like I, I was thinking that, and then talking to people that were in, around him and in the company at the time, his heart really wasn't in it because he just didn't want to be there without fixing things. And I think that's where, at least in WWE, they are kind of not mandating it, but they're. it's almost like it's mandated that they are fixing whatever issues are there. There's some interesting stuff that was said by uh, Kevin Owens, but I am almost certain that Kevin Owens... And Punk have talked or will talk 
um, already. Uh, I've, I've 99.9% sure they've talked already. Um, I, you know, I don't have a full confirmation. I'm sure that they will. One, because CM Punk has shown himself willing to do that, unlike other people. And two, <laughs> I think we all forget, as far as his willingness to try and play nice, that motherfucker rolled up raw. Uh, yep. But you know, butt naked uh, to uh, to the <laughs> raw parking lot last year to talk to people and make amends unannounced. Went right up to fucking Miz, who he said some crazy, some 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 nutty shit to uh, over online and apologized and buried it. So I'm absolutely confident he'll be talking to Kevin Owens. And I think that's the thing too, right? Is you know, the one thing that everybody kept saying to me. Especially in DMs, right? Because the, the the funny story about it is, I know me and you had talked the day of Survivor Series, and I didn't watch Survivor Series because I was, you know, it was Thanksgiving break basically for my daughter, so we spent the entire break watching a bunch of fucking Disney Plus and Disney and, and Nickelodeon and Good Burger Two, which is awful. Do not watch Good Burger Two, which is a PSA for it's fucking awful, but. So I missed it. And so my daughter and I, we were like, uh, we're like laying down or something on the couch or something. And next thing I know, uh, I get a text from someone who shall remain nameless here. Um, unlike some outlets, we don't put all of our business and reveal our sources and stuff like that out. So I got a text from somebody and they said, Punk's in the building, man. And this is like 10.07. I, and I, I looked at my phone and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, huh? I'm, I'm thinking like, you talking about collision? You know, we're both <laughs> on at the same time. So I was like, you talking about collision? I'm like, or rampage? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, Survivor Series. And I was like, in the building? And he's like, yeah, he's here. And I was like, oh, he's there. Oh, he's like, he's like yeah. And I was like, is he coming out or is he there to talk? Is he there to meet with people or what? And he was like, I don't know for sure, but I just know he's here. He's like, I've seen him. And I was like, okay, uh, all right. And I, I sent the text to uh, Peagle. And I was like, and I was like, I don't want to say anything. Actually, I wasn't even on Twitter. I don't even think I was on Twitter at the time. And I was just like, uh, I think I wasn't barely paying attention. And I was like, yo, I was like, my man, you know, my man just texted me, said, punk. Punk is in the building, and people's like, "Is he coming out?" I was like, "I don't know." I was like, it's like it wasn't in the plan for him to be a part of anything. The Nakamura stuff didn't really go, you know, go on. We didn't really know what that was about. I said, "So I would assume if he does show up, it would have to be like after the like, you know, the the faces the faces win their match, which we knew they were going to win anyway, and you know, and that of that." And he was like, you think they're gonna do the injury angle with like what Orton? I'm like, nah, I don't I don't see that. And so I was not paying attention to anything. And then I got a message from you. And I won't say what that message was. <laughs> but, but and then I got a couple messages from several people who were like, Oh, I thought all the media people said it wasn't happening, and blah blah blah. And I was like, I said, I didn't think it was going to happen. I said, you know, I, I usually have to read on the punk stuff. I was like, but I really don't know because I didn't, you know, I hadn't heard that it was finalized. I heard that there were talks. 
I heard that there was a attempt to reach out from uh, AEW, but I don't know if that was more of a reach out to try to like bring him back or more of a reach out to just kind of, you know, like feel like where he was going or, or if he was really going to do it or not. But I just didn't, you know, I, I, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it. So um, when it happened in the way that they did it, that to me was the perfect cliffhanger, right? Like that's the perfect cliffhanger. And this is why I said, I felt like they dropped the ball a little bit by not having Punk open the show because they started with well over 2 million people watching in a in what I assume was a massive um, 18 to 49 demographic. So I think you kind of, you, you, you kind of missed the mark. And that, that's a part of the issue with, with the, in my opinion, uh, a part of the issue with actually having, um, you know, having having it actually be a like a thing, you know. Um, so I, I thought that was an issue, and you know, I, <laughs> I just went back and looked and read what I sent. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, but see, you know, even that's funny too because, you know, I'm not. We don't consider ourselves like dirt a dirt sheet, right? We don't consider ourselves a dirt sheet. We're because we're not. You know, we we don't consider ourselves traditional media in the sense of. We don't. I don't want to break stories. We know things. We can give you hints about stuff. I, we might even, you know, nudge a little bit here and there. But I just don't think that the people who were so adamant, like, "Oh, I bet my career on CM Punk not showing up at Survivor Series," and then people started doing that. In my mind, I was like, "I think he's coming for sure. I think he's showing up." But then I was like. They, then when they were doing the Randy didn't show up thing, I was like, oh, they're teasing that it's going to happen. But I was like, it's also WWE. If you've been burned by WWE in the past, you're like, eh, I don't know if it's really going to happen. I will say that was probably one of the best. And it's absolutely, positively, the biggest moment, in my opinion, in CM Punk's career in WWE. The reason why is because he has been treated like a god since he's got back. Yeah. Which is what he was supposed to be treated as. And he left. Yeah, it's hilarious, man. There's so many things about this whole thing that's like so ironic. <laughs> some, it, that's what he said. What he, he said it on Instagram, right? Uh, you know, some people don't see your value uh, until your absence or something like that. And I think that goes both ways in terms of AEW and WWE. WWE didn't realize what they had when they had Punk. He's a merchandise king. He is currently the yep. number one seller. Top three. Top three. <laughs> he's yeah, the he's number the one, number two, and number three and seller. Three. And yeah. I think for AEW, he was the number one seller pretty much, you know, uh, for the, the whole time he was there, even when he was injured for a whole almost a whole year. You know, that goes to show you his drawing power. And for a guy that people try to say, oh, he's not really a draw and all this other BS, he's proving, <laughs> oh, he's proving that he is that. And I think you know, we can quantify certain things and say, oh, the ratings aren't aren't going up. Well, how come they're not doing 2.5s and, and three and, and how come dynamite and, and collision weren't getting over a million and blah blah blah? And I said this before, I'll say it again. The AW had their own Brett versus Sean level conflict that people were interested in. They fucked it up. I'm gonna drop 
what is going to be not an exclusive because it was hinted at, but I'm going to confirm directly from the Young Bucks themselves said, and I don't believe this, and neither did Punk, which is why we are where we are now. If Punk and the Bucks had no issues for months, that they were going to eventually revisit it and work together. Directly from CM Punk, he did not see how it made much sense to go into an 80,000-seat stadium without doing the biggest possible story. Because even if you just did the six-man tag or you did the matches split up with Omega, Punk, Bucks, and FTR, he felt like that not only was a way to bring the momentum back, but it was a way to cement AEW's you know moment. But of course, if everybody knows, um, that night of All In, the day of All In, the Punk, a Punk, and the Bucks did squash their stuff. This is something I didn't see a lot of people really talk about, but they've squashed their stuff. They don't have issues with each other. They had squashed their stuff. They didn't meet and sit down about it, but there was a verbal agreement amongst the parties that they squashed their issues. So I just want to point out, for all the Jack Perry, the Hollywood Hunk stuff, a lot of people feel, and this is some people who wrestle in AEW who shall remain nameless, they feel like some of that stuff was planted so that they could just get Punk out because they didn't feel like Punk was going to go anywhere and they felt like the only way to get Punk to go is to find people who would nitpick him that are beneath him because they felt like Punk felt like wrestlers there were beneath him. This is verbatim what has been said. Like I said, I know we don't consider ourselves a dirt sheet, but this is actually very important stuff in the story of CM Punk going back to WWE because Punk felt like I never wanted to really go back to WWE. He just felt like I thought that what I saw in, in AEW was what I saw in Ring of Honor when I started there. I thought that's what I saw in a lot of these independents that, that were growing. I thought I saw this. I thought I saw that. And the one regret from CM Punk is that he did not get to do a proper run against New Japan guys. He didn't get the Tanahashi match. He didn't get the Okada match. He wanted both of those matches. You can pretty much cancel those of ever happening. So there's a lot of regrets from CM Punk about the AEW stuff. And there are almost no regrets from the AEW side. But to Eric's point, they are very hurt, just like the fans who don't go outside. And and as Cam would say, they, they get no bitches. So and and Cam would and Cam would and, and the particular ones in, in particular who we could we could discuss definitely Cam cosigns. You definitely get no bitches in your children. So that's one. But that's the thing. That's what Punk said, right? I'm old, I'm hurt, and tired, and I work with fucking children. Whether or not the young bucks view things in the way that some of us do, the reality is the way that they move does resemble some very childish, like you know, ways. And I just feel, you know, I just feel like there's, there is, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's, there's something there that 
I, I think this is the biggest wasted opportunity. Oh, big time. That's, you know, and I, I it, it sucks because I'll be honest, there's not a lot that I'm clamoring to see from Punk in WWE. Oh, there's ton of shit that I am, but I, I got it's just Gunther. not a lot. I'll be honest, like Gunther, like you know, Gunther, like okay, that that that'd be kind of interesting. I'd like to see that him and Seth. I mean, that's cool. Um, I don't AJ, care. AJ I don't, Styles, man. I would love to see that. But I mean, like I, I need AJ to be like you know AJ AJ. AJ hasn't been AJ AJ in a yeah. long time. I'd so, love to see some promo stuff with him in LA Knight. I would. You know, it's funny. I actually would like to see them have like a reluctant alliance type of deal against somebody. And I know that's been a thing now with like all the all the baby faces, which is smart, I think. The, the WWE does something that smart with their baby faces, and they're all some kind somehow intertwined. And I actually think that's a very smart idea. <laughs> like I honestly think that's very fucking smart. Because... God damn, how much you know, obviously this is gonna hit some people in the fields, but fuck. What an incredible fucking face off it would have been if Bray hadn't have left us. Man. I was because Bray was in the original fucking Nexus that CM Punk took over. Remember? Yeah. Like, god damn. And I honestly I think Bray's passion had a bit to do with um with what I think, uh, you know, for Punk going back, I think that was kind of like a, not a wake-up call, but, like, I'm over here trying to make it work with these people, and, and I'm just getting a whole bunch of bullshit. And people would tell me they thought Punk was miserable uh, during the collision time. He just didn't seem like himself. And so I think Punk is in a space where he will be – you know, I think he's in a space where he'll be able to kind of go ahead and be himself to an extent, but also be comfortable. Like, uh, the scene backstage the last couple of days in WWE were like all hugs, smiles. Um, yeah. You know, so I think uh, him and Kofi are extremely happy. <laughs> Just imagine... So some other people too. While we're on the subject, Sami Zayn, like I really want to see that. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Imagine after the things that he said on that podcast that everybody keeps bringing up, when he gets in front of Roman. Remember, make Roman look strong. Make Roman look strong. He'll get in front of him and be like, "I made you." Like this whole this whole God tier stuff. This is nothing to me. Like you know what I mean? Like he's gonna yeah. have that point to make. That's gonna be interesting too. Well, I will say, I'm not interested in, in the Roman and Punk feud just because I know it's going to culminate in an extremely stupidly overbooked match. So I'm not looking forward to that. However, what I will say is, I I don't know for sure, you know. Um, you know, I don't know for sure what the what the plan is, but there's a match 
that has eluded me for the last 12 fucking years. I know one of those parties is fully healthy and ready to go. And I think the other party is excited also. Now, what was it? WrestleMania 38, I believe. WrestleMania 38. It was, uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, who, who, what were the main events of 38? I can't remember now. I think it was what? I think that was the night Cody came back, right? Yep. And then. So night was, one was, uh, well, night two was Roman and. Where we going? Brock. Roman and Brock, I believe. Um, okay. Yeah. Ugh, indeed. And then uh, night one was Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. So, my guy IVP videos, who is from Baltimore, um, Baltimore native, my guy, he said this. He said, "I think that CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin does not interest me because Kevin Owens gave him the proper send off, and." Depending on your thought process, maybe. But to me, so that match, I will say, was uh, it's t- I get it because I think for me personally and pretty much everybody I know, that match was about 10,000 times better than what we thought it was going to be. Like, we got so many things in that match that we never thought in a thousand fucking years we were going to see happen. Stone Cold taking bumps on the goddamn concrete floor and shit like that. Um, so it's like, do you want to mess with, do you want to try and catch lightning in a bottle again? Like it exceeded expectations and went off without a hitch so well. Do you really, and I get what you're saying and I agree. Like it sucks that it wasn't, you know, it was, wasn't really a real feud. It was, so here's, it was stone cold cutting promos on videos and. It wasn't even announced till the night of, and he came out, and they kind of did it all at once. Like, it would be good to get an actual no shit. They're both in the building. Build to a match. I agree. So, so here's why I think it's gonna happen, and here's why I think the rumor now is Seth versus Punk at the Rumble instead of WrestleMania. So here's why I think this. I think if Roman Reigns and The Rock was set to happen, I don't think Stone Cold Steve Austin versus CM Punk would be possible. But it's pretty obvious The Rock is not going to be a wrestler at WrestleMania 40. Will The Rock be there? I think he will. But, I mean, will will DAR be there at WrestleMania 40? You bet your ass. Just just finished actually talking with several people who are doing a group package to go. And I'm gonna my name has to happens to be tossed in that hat for the group package. So we we might be in the building. I definitely will be in Philly at some point that during that time. I don't know if I really Well, that's what I was gonna say. So if they put on punk and if they put on punk in Austin, then I'll I'll be in the building one way or the other. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Uh and Regardless, I'm pretty sure we will be around <laughs> that weekend. Yeah, everybody. Not, you know, not, say, not saying, just saying. 
Shout out, shout out to Cam. You know the Wale yeah. Mania thing. We, we we working on, you know, talking to bro about uh doing something for that. But uh, no man, look. At the end of the day, this is what it is. One hundred percent. Stone Cold Steve Austin said shortly after that Kevin Owens match, he'd be up to do it again, have another match. This was thrown together. It was put together that way because Stone Cold didn't want those expectations on him. He didn't have his confidence. After that Kevin Owens match, he didn't feel sore. He he took a lot of bumps. But he felt like he could have been in better shape, which is true. He could have been. And he didn't give you the full Stone Cold experience. The full Stone Cold experience is, why not have Stone Cold Steve Austin be a surprise entry in the Royal Rumble? That would be fucking, God, that'd be epic. And what happens is Stone Cold doesn't win, obviously. Unless unless you want to do the unfucking thinkable here. <laughs> if you really want to do the unthinkable uh, and have Stone Cold win a fourth Royal Rumble at 60 years old and CM Punk beat Seth Rollins, if you wanted to do that, I'm not for that. But that would probably be the most insane thing that ever happened. However, I say you have Stone Cold come back. He's in a rumble. Um, I I say Punk and Rollins go early and Punk loses to Rollins. Say opening match of the show, right? Opening match of the Rumble. Yeah. World Heavyweight Championship. Punk loses. Punk is getting frustrated. This happy, nice seeing Punk stuff goes out the way. Punk sees opportunity while Stone Cold's out there in the Rumble and shows his face and helps get Austin eliminated. It's the very it's very old school, right? It's very old school style how they used to do it. Back when like Brock and Goldberg had their few hitting in the WrestleMania 20, Shawn Michaels and Jericho. It's like they've done it before. It's not new, but it's just an easy way to get there. You get a surprise return by Stone Cold. He comes out there in his t-shirt and his shorts. He's cussing, he's fussing. He you got damn right. You got that right. And, and he's doing his thing. And then you set off this whole thing with Punk and Austin. He's like, he's like, he's like, if I can't have the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania, I would like to see CM Punk go crazy heading into WrestleMania because he's obsessed with headlining and getting his main event at yeah. WrestleMania. And he looks at Stone Cold and says, and this, you can also leave that to be a story down the line for Kevin Owens and CM Punk also. Whereas how did this guy get, that was my spot, that was meant for me. You got that spot. I was supposed to get Stone Cold's match, his first match. I was supposed to get that. There's I was supposed so to many... get his last match. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you take that and you turn that into a story for down the line with, with Owens and Punk. And then you have Austin and Punk heading into WrestleMania. And Punk is obviously, he's not the same Punk he was 10 years ago when he was having classics like every damn week. But he's still very good. And the one thing that both Austin and Punk are good at in-ring psychology. The no, story best, the fucking best. So if you put those two together with, uh, with the with with enough freedom to go out there and cut promos face to face, get intense. We haven't had anything in a long time that you could play that my way shit, that my way shit, <laughs> and yeah. build a promo off of that. But that in itself, see, CM Punk is as, is as big as he's ever been as a professional wrestler. Right now, CM Punk in 2011, 
2012 and 2013, he wasn't a proven he wasn't a proven legend yet in the eyes of WWE people. Now CM Punk, after leaving, proving that I didn't need WWE, I can leave for years, go to the competition, be the biggest draw in the competition, and come back and still be the biggest draw or one of the biggest draws here. Now that he's proven that, the the the, the fan base looks at CM Punk the way they should have looked at him 10 years ago. And with that, that's a perfect segue into the, you know, arguably the greatest of all time in Stone Cold Steve Austin against arguably, in many ways, his successor, <laughs> in many ways, you know. And so that it's like a generational, it's like the past versus the past slash present. But and... also the antithesis, because Austin was all about the beer and the fucking this and the that. And yes. Punk was was straight edge and fucking yep. punk. Yeah. There's so many, like I said, there's such a good story there. In in 2012, I think the story, you know, when they were kind of teasing it a little bit here and there, had like little like it was there and it would have been it would have been great, but Austin obviously didn't feel comfortable physically. And punk at the time, punk now. Punk is like he's he's more refined in how he does stuff. Like everything is like methodical. Even the promo that I didn't like, I already know it was methodical. There was a point behind it. I know this. It's just I didn't like it because I was just just I, I just waited three three hours for that shit. But but like he's so methodical. There is something to all of this. Even him come back and say, "I'm home. I'm home." You've never heard Stone Cold. The many times he's come back, he's never said, I'm back home. I've been gone for five years or three years. But Stone Cold also walked out of the WWE at one point because he was disappointed with creative and all this other stuff. So there's so much there. And I think night one main event, if it's not CM Punk versus Seth Rollins, CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin has to be number one, like, like night one. Honestly, it could be night two or main event, really, to be honest. But yeah, really, you know, because there's so much there, and I think the story of Punk and Austin will be so much bigger than rehashing the Roman and Cody story. And it's like Cody already got his main event, the night two main event, and so did Roman's had everything, and Roman is not even there, so half the time, so. I think there's something, like I said, there's, there's something there. Um, you know, of course, the other option is you could really just have Punk win the Rumble and go against Rollins and dethrone him and win the championship. And we will see if his run and, um, uh, you know, if his run in uh, WWE goes goes better than it did. I mean, he got 434 days in WWE last time he was champion. Uh, he got, what, two whole days when he was champion in AEW. So, um, you know, let's see. I don't let's know what you mean. He's still the champ. He's the real world champ. You no, know, you're right. You're right. He's the real world champ. He's never lost. He really has never lost that belt except for. No, he hasn't. He yeah, lost it once well, and got it back. He lost it. He lost it to, yeah. to Mox in that unification match, and got it back. 
So I don't know. Like I said, I I, I think it's gonna be interesting. Um, there's a lot of stuff there for Punk to do in WWE. Um, like I said, it sucks it, to me. It really sucks because the only reason why I wanted him to go back to WWE at any point was because I wanted to get after Owens uh, and, and Austin had their match. My first thought was, man, if Punk could find a way back to WWE just so we could have the Austin match, that's all I want. But I would like to hear from Punk, you know, in a sit-down interview at some point. And what better way to do that than a broken skull session? Yeah. Another way. Another way you can do that. So, because I want to hear who he's excited to work with. Because if you remember in 2019... That would be such a fucking amazing way to like to start that to do like a broken skull sessions. It's just like a normal, you know, interview throughout most of it. And then, you know, Stone Cold, he gets to it. He's like, oh, well, well who are the people you want to work with? And he starts naming all people. And then just like at a snap, he gets super serious, like dead serious and looks him right in his eyes and says, you. I was going to say, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it's just now granted WWE has it. They they don't write they don't write shit like that they don't come up with shit like that no more, you know no like that that type of shit where it's intense. That's yeah. what I think Punk is gonna bring, and that's why I'm interested to see this this Rollins view because I want to see if Rollins can keep up with the intensity and the seriousness that Punk can bring. Because I I've never taken Seth Rollins serious. Yeah, and I hate to say that, but I've never taken him serious. He, you know what? That promo he did the other night had a little bit of that serious intensity. It's there. It, it's raw. Yeah. It's there. And I think that's the thing. It's like if Seth can stop with this over the top stuff for a little while and he can sit there, you know, and go and go back and back and forth with Punk, I think they can do something great. And I think in Punk's mind, this is something that he would like. You know, he would absolutely like to have that. So. Will we get it? I I don't know, but you know, I, I think it all depends. I think we know that Punk is going to show up. I guess the question is, will uh, is everybody else? Yeah, will will Seth really show up? That's why I want Austin at WrestleMania. I think Austin, ne- it, like no matter how old he is or whatever, like Austin getting to seek his sink his teeth in to a few that he wanted himself. He just physically wasn't able to do it 11 years ago. He wanted that. He sat down with Punk to promote WWE. Was it 2K13? Yeah. And that was WWE13 because before 2K. Yeah, 2K. Yeah. But that was one of the most intense moments. And then they had their backstage promo from 2011, like two weeks before Punk did the pipe bomb. And so every time they're on screen together, it was magic. So I feel like, why not? No, there's something there, man. There is something there. So the other aspect of this, you know, we did all the punk side of it, the WWE side of it. Um, You know, we already said, you know, those people don't give a shit. This is the completely opposite end of the spectrum. They care about making money and what they're what's best for their fan base and what's best for the machine um and a lot of people were talking about well triple h specifically um because there was a lot of direct 
call outs and a lot of shit talk. I mean, CM Punk literally, when he walked out of there, says, you know, I- I'm I'm above wrestling you at WrestleMania being a big deal for me. Like, I don't need to wrestle you. I think that's what he said. I don't need to wrestle you at WrestleMania. Like, that's that's not even a big deal to me. People are saying, well, well, it's Triple H a changed man. And this is where I wanted to make a little parallel. And this is exactly what this is. And a lot of people who say these kind of things, who get hung up on these kind of things on the Twitter machine, it's because they just have... They think it's such a small level. They just have such small concerns, small vision. I don't know how many of you know. I know True knows. That's how we started talking. I host, not part of DAR, a history podcast called A Soldier and a Scholar um, with a a buddy of mine who's a professor in Ireland. He's a published author. Uh, I, too, work on my master's in history. Uh, in the Roman Empire, a lot of times when they would conquer an unruly tribe or an area or they would defeat another empire in battle or uh, things of that nature, a lot of the times, or also in, uh, in later on in the empire in civil wars, a large portion of the time, you would think, right, from from modern day or from the things that we know you would think automatically when you when you defeat your enemy and you capture their leadership well you do right you you kill them right Mm -hmm. but really back then the ultimate flex was to let them live one so your your populace the people you rule over see you show clemency and show you as like a a gracious and magnanimous leader. But it's also a flex behind the scenes and to that ruler and to those people that you are so in control of their lives, of their safety that you can, and they are so little of a threat to you that you can just let them live. That's okay. It's 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 like when you are a grown adult and your toddler age child throws a pillow at you and you say, ah, I'm going to let that go. You're just a kid. Get out of here. That is the level that they operated at when they really conquered somebody. And that is the level that Triple H is operating at right now in the WWE. He says, I am so in control. I am in such a high position that I can let you come back and with a smile on my face. Cause guess what? I'm your boss now. Like you're just an employee. I'm not even where you said all that stuff. It's okay. You were throwing a tantrum. You can come back, go make me some money. That's where triple H is at. People forget, you know, and I get it, man. Triple H was not everybody's favorite performer. And it really colors the way that they look at this guy and the things he's done. Triple H was a curtain jerker on WCW worldwide. And now he runs the fucking WWE. Took him a while to get there. The guy, the guy knows what the fuck he's doing and knows how to play chess 
one thing I wanted to say is other places play checkers. The WWE and the guy running it plays chess. So I have no concerns about how Triple H is going to treat him and how this thing is going to go. Do you? Um, I think with the way Cody um, got treated. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think, yeah, you know, and granted, like I said, Cody, Cody was all set to be the WWE uh, Undisputed Champion. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you ask, someone has the power to make an executive call. And their executive call was to um, just not lose their match in their belt. And I, I believe that was, you know, I just think that was a formality. That's politics. And that's whatever. But it's very clear Cody is their guy that they want to give this title to. And I think, it, I, you know, and I think Triple H, you know, being willing to do that is that's a that's an important in distinction of he's running everything. He has the power. He is no longer your competition. That is the difference between C, uh, the CM Punk in 2013 and you know Triple H and CM Punk in 2023. CM Punk is no longer the same super hungry guy also that he was in 2013. He is hungry to go and tell stories. He is hungry to go out and have great wrestling matches. He is hungry to help put on a great show. He is not hungry to be the, you know, I'm the number one wrestler. I'm the, he's going to use the best in the world because it's his shtick. But he wants to make the most money. And that is what he cares about, is making the most money. And, well, I guess no better evidence than that is that next Friday on SmackDown, CM Punk will be there on oh, SmackDown. There we go. Now, it's interesting because Roman is set to be on the next SmackDown the week after. But could we see some CM Punk, Paul Heyman, you know, interaction yeah. next week? Could give there some, be give a, me some CM Punk LA Knight? Yeah, some CM Punk Kevin Owens too, right? Kevin yeah. Owens is a SmackDown guy. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and I think this is the first time that we've had such a long discussion about WWE on here, but it's been trending that way recently just yeah. because WWE is while their shows itself leave a little, you know, a little more to be desired. Most of the time their pay-per-views are fucking money. The weekly stuff, especially raw is hard to tough to, to chew on, but yeah. Well, speaking of, if you want to get some of that going, um, Dynamite pretty solid. World's End looking good. They're putting uh, maximum effort into this devil angle. Um, yeah, uh, I really you're you're not you're not feeling it. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. Um, it was a good uh, show. Uh, Dynamite Dynamite was a good show the other night. 
Um, I really, really like this Max Joe thing. Um, the way that they're doing it with Joe, it's you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, I liked last week's show, Continental Classic is going good. Good way to continue to put over Swerve, who should be continue to be put over. Um, yeah, I like Dynamite last week. I like the direction that they're going into going in right now. Well, I didn't really get a chance to watch. I, I funny, I'm while we're recording this, I legitimately have um I legitimately have Rampage on the TV right now. I, need to, put on, I, need, to, I need to watch Rampage tomorrow. Rampage has been the best wrestling show that's on late recently, the last few months. Yeah. Um a commander is gonna be on tonight. Oh, um, oh. yeah. I don't know if he'll get an actual entrance, but we'll see, I guess. He might come out to Pinter's music and they, you know, they when they have three lucha wrestlers, they usually don't give them separate, you know, separate interests. But yeah. um, but hey, Commander's on and the end of the day, Commander's my guy, one of my, you know, one of my good comrades in that AEW. Oh, and type top flight came back to man, put fuck it. Put the trios belts on top flight and action on Andretti. Like I, I don't mind the, this. Where the has the acclaim even been on the fucking show for weeks now? Like they're selling their injury, and I totally forgot that they were still trios champions. Yeah, that act is well, not that act, but this whole thing with the trios titles and all that are deader than Kelsey's fucking nuts, man. Get the fuck. Put it. Put it on action Andretti and top flight and let that be their gimmick we're the trios champions we do crazy shit like make it that use it to put somebody over i'm watching rampage and soraya ruby soho and anna j popped on my screen and um i had to had to pause for a moment um anna j is anna j is something anyway um you know, Action Andretti, top flight as the trios champions, feuding with like a Penta commander and Vikingo. That would be fucking awesome and ridic- and also ridiculous because this is what AEW has missed. Yeah. And it's absolutely. that you have guys, first of all, get brother was it brother zay or, or isaiah cassidy get mark yeah. quinn back get private party to do do something absolutely you get <laughs> you get top flight and action andretti to win those trios belts because the acclaim don't need them the acclaim also aren't as popular as they used to be so they're still pretty popular but they're not what they were you know go back a year or some change ago i mean they're they plenty popular went. but it's just this this fucking run is just going nowhere man it's, but I think that's the issue is that they, they're stale and it's only so long those gimmicks can last. And unfortunately, I think they're slightly one trick ponies. And uh-oh, uh-oh, Sting is out right now. This is the infamous segment that people were complaining about that took place. Oh, that's not. We've already fucking wasted enough wax on that. God did. Like I said on Twitter when it happened. <laughs> what the what the fuck are we doing, guys? What the fuck are we doing? I just want to please, say, please. Sting, Sting has every right to want his guy there. 
And that's his choice. But, <laughs> but god damn, Tony, fuck. But I will say this. Shout out to Sting because Sting Sting has been wearing these these damn coats. And these are the coats that we used to wear in the streets. We like literally we used to wear these same coats and it's the, the first 70-year-old white man I've ever seen wear one. So shout out <laughs> to Sting for wearing them because these jackets, these were these were the jackets. I, I still got like two. Still got two of them. Uh but no, and Ric Flair is is coming out. Also, we 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 had a talk as a uh, collective, me and some of my, my my DAR brothers, actually. We didn't do this in the chat, but uh oh my god, Ric Flair is limping as he's walking out. I just want to point it out. This man does not need to be on television. And Sting's final match will be at the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro because AEW Revolution is happening in Greensboro. Greensboro is only four or five hours or six hours from Atlanta. We'll see about that. Um, also, to talk about AEW, you mentioned the Devil Story. And I do have a bit of a slight spoiler in this. I'm not going to reveal who the devil is, even if I know, if I don't know. But I was told January 3rd is going to be a very interesting day. Make of that what you will. Hmm. But January 3rd. Now, of course, the story that they're telling is that the devil is haunting. I'm using haunting for a reason. Haunting MJF. But his contract, per storyline, ends December 31st. So I think it's almost obvious, right, that Samoa Joe should walk out of World's End, AEW World Champion. Here's the question, though. If Samoa Joe walks out with that championship, is he a brief transitional champion? Or do you actually give him a reign champion? That's the question. There's a lot of questions, actually, that you could ask in regards to what's happening with AEW and World's End. I know this Continental Classic. The finals are going to be shaping up to be interesting. Because so far, I believe the leader in everything is Swerve Strickland. Hell yeah. And I believe on collision, there's a bunch Brian of Danielson. Yeah, Brian Danielson will be taking on Eddie Kingston. If we remember their match from was it Rampage, uh, like a year ago, yeah, a year or two ago, two years. Damn, they've all been in AW two years now. Like Cole Danielson and been, and well, Punk's not there anymore. But damn, it's been all damn. Time flies, man. God, it feels like just yesterday I was in the theater watching All Out 2021. But uh, I think, man, you. I think with Claudio and Brody King, another match that's going Fuck on. Like, yeah, that's good. This awesome. con- look, this Continental Classic. This is what AEW needs to do. You don't Absolutely. need old ass. You don't and need I was, old ass player. And I was bringing this up the other day. I hope it shows an example, reminds them that you know just matches everyone's oh just matches like story you gotta have story you gotta have story just matches are 
as long as it's good, you only need the slightest framework or story attached to it for people to be like, okay, I'm invested. I've always said it was a mistake to get rid of the top 10 rankings. If you needed more flexibility, you could have made it a top 20. So then you could have your one-on-one matches and it matters because it's number six against number nine or whatever it is. Um, And that is on display with this continental classic because it's just quote unquote, just matches. The matches are fucking fire and it's in this scoring table. So then there's your story. That's why it matters. Like it it needs so little framework to the audience that you're serving. I hope Mm -hmm. that that resonates with the people making these decisions going forward because the continental classic has been fucking awesome. Yes. Um, I haven't, of course, watched all of it, but I've seen a little bit of the match. Uh, I think Brody had a match with Kingston the other week, and I yeah. watched that, and I watched some of that, and that was really good. And I think <laughs> that's the thing. I I think there is an issue with AEW, because look at what's happening right now. And AEW starting to get his mojo back. The ratings are going back up again, right? A little bit. Um, things are starting to even out. The Continental Classic allows for, um, uh, you know, for the the swerves, the the Rushes, the Jay Whites, the Danielsons, the all your your wrestlers who can put on great fucking matches to go out there and do what they do best. However. The issue is, who's missing from AEW television right now for the majority of that? And who's going to be missing for a little while? The E and AEW are missing right now. But the shows are starting to get better. So this is an issue that will continue on. I saw someone say today that they felt like they were justified in their decision to not pay for Honor Club and Ring of Honor's app because the match that was promoted on Honor Club recently was Colt Cabana and Brandon Cutler against some jobbers. Imagine paying $9.99 a month for that bullshit. The issue is the Young Bucks are going to kill most of the goodwill right now that AEW's right. And I mean this sincerely. This new gimmick that they have, this killing the business thing that they're working on, working with Cutler and and possibly Colt on TV to become these pompous jackass characters that are really just not really characters. But to become this, I don't think this is a good idea, and I don't think this helps the story. Especially since the correct payoff is not possible. It's not happening. Want to see a third match against the Hardys? Like Matt Hardy said, he hasn't been booked. He's frustrated with their booking, even though they're on TV every <laughs> other fucking week. Like, is that what we're doing here? I just don't know. I don't know. You know, and I, I know people complain about Dan Housen, and 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 that is a true, you know, thing that maybe Dan Housen doesn't add a certain wrestling air to the show. But I think there is an issue with putting, you know, kind of putting 
these different elements. Like Rampage is the wrestling show recently, and Collision is getting back to being a wrestling show. Dynamite has a lot of wrestling on it now because of the Continental Classic. But this is where I think we have to look at AEW and ask, are they capable of giving us great stories in 2024? Do they have the 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 feuds? They got the matches that you want to see. But can they give you the feuds, the storylines that will engage you enough that you want to be invested? I'll be completely honest with you. I'm not 100% sure that they have that. Because I know, you know, you said you didn't mind the Samoa Joe Max story. And it's okay. You know, I don't hate it. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the devil story right now. But, oh, wow, Chris Thetland. Um, You know, I just don't know what... I don't know if if their thought process is in the right way. And I think they... The, the easiest thing for them to do was the Continental Classic because you don't need to tell very much of a story there. You just go out there and you have 12 great wrestlers put on you know great match after great match, all with the goal of getting to this Continental Classic you know, final. That is where AEW is going to excel. Where they struggle, in my opinion, is giving a, a, a very cultivating, like, like impressive story. Don Callis is currently on my television. <sighs> Where has this story gone? Takeshita has no momentum. It's like you have was a Kyle Fletcher who is supremely talented. Kenosha is Takeshita, extremely talented. Powerhouse Hobbs. Extremely talented. Will Osprey is technically not in the family per se, but he is part of that family. You know, these are super fucking talented people. Why are they all saddled in a team with fucking Don Callis? Why are we doing this? What's the purpose? That is the problem that I'm having with this. Why why is this why is this what's happening? I feel like there's a better path. Much better path than this. A much better path. And we quite we haven't quite seen that path yet. But I think AEW knows that they have to do something with Callus. I know for a fact that certain people there are like, yeah, we can probably wrap up this Callus stuff. Where is Kenny Omega and where is his future? You know, where, 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 where is, what's the next few for Kenny Omega? Is it Hobbs? Because it can't be Takeshita. Is it Kyle Fletcher? Is it Sammy Guevara when he comes back? I think if you do anything, 
the one thing you should do is bring Kenny Omega back and put him right in the fire against personally I would do Swerve. Swerve, I was Swerve. just about to say, yep. That should be That's... Swerve's last gatekeeper before he goes up for that belt. And I think you're going to get that sooner than later. It's just, how do we get there? You know, I think that's what it's like. How do we get there? That's the question. How do we get there? And I don't know how they get there because he has to win this tournament. And I was surprised that Omega wasn't in a tournament, honestly. I was hoping he was in it. And him not being in it, it was really it kind of sad to me, actually. Oh, wow. Commander is main eventing tonight on Rampage. Let's so, go. Big shout out to uh, Vikingo, Penta, and Commander. All main, event, main eventing against three guys who I think are supremely talented and underrated. Brian Cage, who I was not a big fan of, but I've watched some of his matches, and he is a really talented big guy because he wasn't always a big guy. Uh, J.D. Drake, who I didn't really like for personal reasons because I came up in North Carolina with him in the business, but Anthony Henry, who I just had a conversation with on Twitter the other day, who is a veteran of the PWX scene. He was a talented guy. We used to book him in matches back then, and he's came a long way from them, so he's in the main event of Rampage tonight. It's a a personal, it's a personal thing for me, right? Like, to see a guy you rode rolled up and down the road with for like a year, main event, a show that you have yeah. a song. That's pretty yeah, I got, I got a song, I got a song of this on this show. So it's pretty cool. Um, but I will say one thing that I that I think for AW, you could do all this talking about this continental classic, the Max storyline. There's one thing that they need to fix completely, and it's because I'm watching Rampage and what they got on the TV right now. And they need to sorely fix their women's division ASAP in so many ways. And I will say this. Final battle, Billy Starks versus Athena is happening. They haven't even sold a thousand tickets yet. That just shows you how cold Ring of Honor is. Sky Blue is also something. Um, You need Athena to be a part of the main roster. Billy Starks can beat her for this title, which I think is going to happen, so that they can build Billy Starks to be the new person on Ring of Honor. And you have to start building these people up, man. Like you need to build these people up. Tony Storm is doing a great job with her, uh, with with her, with her gimmick. You know, she got a cheer for showing her toes apparently uh, <laughs> on on Wednesday. So that's a thing. But her gimmick is great. Mariah uh, Mariah May is. Is, is great and their story is cool but it's just segments right now it's just segments and i think i'm, I'm watching hikaru shida who was just champion uh chris statlander the the former tbs champion and sky blue who's had like twenty five thousand T- uh, tbs title shots with anna j soraya and ruby soho but none of these women have direction coming out of out of full gear in these last two weeks. So the question is, who does Tony Storm get into the feud with next 
before we see the eventual split between her and Mariah May. We don't know yet. We don't even have a formidable challenger. So this is the problem that I think is, is with AEW's women division. They need to fix this division. Not that the, the WWE's women division is like that much better. It's just that it just feels like certain people have direction. Like this damage control thing with, you know, Asuka and them yeah. getting ready to kick Bailey out of her own stuff. There's some implications there. There's some implications. Uh, not gonna say it out loud, but there's an implication there. If Bailey gets kicked out of damage control, she's got to be looking for some friends. I, mm. I, it's 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 feeling a little little funny. Yeah, because we've said on this show, and it's been said. So stated, how how many horsewomen were there? It's four, right? There's only three There's there now. Three of them are there. Yeah, I wonder man. what happened to the, to the fourth. And I mean, what better way to have a huge WrestleMania thing, right? Then you have Asuka, Dakota, uh, you know, Kyrie, Ayo. Those four ladies against the, the four, four horsewomen. horsewomen. That would be well. I guess the only thing that would probably make that not be a WrestleMania—it might not be a WrestleMania thing. It could be a Elimination Chamber thing. Um, but I believe that the current Mercedes Monet could very well be back in WWE by February 2024. I believe it. I if only think... there was an event coming up where surprise returns was a was a big part of a, a mm. major match on the show. For many people who don't know, Mercedes Monet also has residence in Florida. So the residence in Florida, the Royal Rumble takes place in Tampa, Florida. I don't know. There's also a slight chance yours truly could be in Tampa, Florida. There is a very interesting event going on, hosted by Mega Ran that weekend. So stay tuned. Maybe something there. Maybe Speaking not. of stay tuned, we're places where you're at. Uh, we got the albums out right now, all over the place. Stay tuned to this feed because soon we're gonna have some information on another guest coming up soon. Uh, if you guys missed our latest big guest. Go back, check out our interview with Alex Kane. It was on the feed a couple of weeks ago. MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, he has a big match against the former Zack Ryder, the current Matt Cardona. Coming up soon, MLW One Shot. Um, be sure to check out the Sports Super Pod uh, we did earlier on this week. NFL, NBA, in-season tournament. Thoughts on the Warriors, Dynasty fading. 49ers and Eagles going down tomorrow. Um, and then also, you know, it never gets old. It never expires. Nostalgia never expires. That's why the history pod is so, so easy to keep up with. Um, we did a nostalgia power hour, bunch of awesome guests on the survivor series. That's also up on the feed. Uh, just going back through survivor series, recommendations for matches, memories, things of that nature. A uh, lot of good stuff on the feed right now. Stay tuned. We got more big news coming up. True, any closing thoughts? Any plugs? <laughs> I have a couple small closing thoughts. 
Um, you know, I am, I am a very different person than the average person, I, I'd like to say. You know, we here at DAR Sports and Media, we're very supportive of other outlets. We're very supportive of other people. I take offense to when the people that we talk about, well, we talk about when it comes on the show, right? when the show starts. This is the wrestling podcast for people who go outside. Um, we are men who live very storied lives with a lot of experiences over our lives. Not only was I outside, I was outside. So for those of you who have never been outside, you ain't never jumped your bitch ass off the porch, I'm going to say this simple. Keep my motherfucking name out your mouth. That's one. Two, never speak on anything that involves me, my personal situation, because you're, you're wrong. You don't know shit. You don't know what's going on. And for the companies that you like to dick ride and dick eat, why don't you tell them people to ante up? That's three. For all the dick riding, dick eating you do in those people's DMs, let's talk about how most of you dick ride all these different wrestlers just so you can get people to talk to you. And dur, 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 dur. Say something, say something on a TL to make people laugh. Ha ha ha. Look at we're friends. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Go outside. Get some bitches. And bitches is gender neutral. Gender neutral, so you can get whichever. But keep my name, my squad, my team, my brothers, my personal life. Keep my shit out your motherfucking mouth. I just want to tell you, keep my name out your mouth. Stop sending. For, and also, don't send people at me because you're too pussy to say it to me directly. If I've DM'd you and said, yo, let's talk. What's the issue? What's the business? And you or your, or your peoples and you bitched up. Shut the fuck up. Because, like I said, we be outside. I'll be at these wrestling events. Y'all never there. I'll be in Philly. And we're going to be really deep in Philly. You're not going to show yourself there. So stop fucking talking. These spaces don't make you tough. Sitting on your podcast in your mama's basement don't make you tough. You all pussy. And I will slap the fuck out of all of you. And I mean that. I don't mean that as like a joke. I slapped the fuck out of all of y'all. And that includes them people who live in India. So y'all live in India. I don't even gonna talk about like you're not even you're not even relevant. That's the person who jump started all of that bullshit. But I know who sent you. I know who sent you. You know me. I am different. If you seen what 50 Cent did with DJ Khaled's mom when they had beef, I'm 10 times worse. Because I don't have a million dollars. Nothing to lose. So keep your mouth shut. That was the first thing. I, just, I wasn't going to address it, but it bothers me. Because I don't like to be lied on. I do not like people to lie or speak on my personal stuff. Yes, I put my own personal stuff out there. Because that's my story to tell. Nobody else's. Keep your mouth shut. Shut the fuck up. And please, go outside. Get some bitches. Which is gender neutral. That's it. No, no matter what you like. But I want to also send a shout out to Molly Bell of Fightful, 
who Hell yeah. is she's super great and she reached out to me after this situation happened and she was like this is so fucking stupid and blah blah this and blah blah that and shout out to everybody who reached out to me and also the people who reached out and told me some stories about people over there on that side y'all like to act like y'all some good people y'all some fucking creeps some weirdos some thieves and every dog has his day every dog has his day and if you keep fucking with me that day gonna come a lot sooner than you think so i just gonna say salute to us salute to dar because we do things the right way we show support we show love we've had people on we don't lie to people we don't lie on people we don't tell lies here. We keeps it a hundred. And that is that. That's purely the truth. We are purest of telling the truth here. That's what we do. Now, as far as plugs, your, 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 boy, your boy was recording this week. I just didn't tell anybody. Uh, I just didn't want anybody to know. I, I was recording. I'm under a lot of stress, so some of my best work comes out. There's a possible True God EP coming up, blah, 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 whatever. Um, you'll hear about it. A lot of anger in there. So give that a listen when that when when that possibly drops sometime, maybe next next year. Um, Older Guys Do Evolve is doing very nice numbers. <laughs> if you just, if you didn't, <coughs> didn't see, I posted my Spotify wrapped on, uh, <coughs> online the other day. Let's read some facts here. My music was streamed uh, from January to November. 293,366 times. Um, my songs were saved 6,620 times. I was listened to in 153 countries. 75 people have me as a top 10 artist. Um, I'm a Top five artists for over 60 fans. And 15 people have me as the number one artist in the world. It might not sound like a lot, but for an independent artist that invests in themselves, to have all those listens, all those listeners, and actually be number one in, in, in like that many people's listens, that means a lot to me. And to be top 10 for like 80 people, <clears throat> I am not a multi-million dollar artist that's pushed by a company or brand. I'm literally just pushed by myself and my crew. So that's a big thank you to everybody. Um, in Germany, which is like the fifth highest, it's, like, it's weird. Germany is like the fifth most listened to country. Out of Australia is fourth. Shout out to, I know three girls in Australia that, that follow me, uh, that listen to me a lot. So shout out to them. Shout out to Canada and the UK. Just wanted to take time to say we appreciate myself and Apollo, we and the whole DAR team. We appreciate everybody who listens and shows us support because you could do many other things with your time, and you invest in our time into listening to this podcast, to our music. You follow us on Twitter, you engage with us, and we appreciate that very, very much. So, from me, Eric. Apollo, Peagle, uh, Taze Takes, Axe, Sean Don, and, and, and everybody else. We appreciate y'all. We really do appreciate y'all. And 
2023 was the first was, was you know we're entering the last we're in the last month now of 2023 but 2024 it's only up from here and there's a reason for that and that's where i passed the mic you heard all those countries the world the sun the sun never sets on the dar empire and that's because world dar sports media never stops I used to love a lover, but now I hate a hater. Went to another lover, so now I'll see you later. She on the phone riffing, saying she need a favor. The sweet taste of victory, shit, I don't even savor. Baby, you need a savior. Well, I'm a different guy. No matter how you play him, end up with different cards. And keep in mind, I'm not the man for you. Sex drive higher, I'm like an animal. So when you see me moving in part, not understanding you. Just know that marriage never in the plans for you. But plans for me, perhaps it's just a fantasy.